0: It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. All right, welcome aboard,
1: Dennis and Brady, Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports uh, Podcast for a uh, Friday. Uh, I'm going to be road tripping this weekend, kind of excited about that because I I spent most of my career road tripping Brady, but it's actually been a few years. Yeah, you haven't
2: gotten on the bus and traveled even a little bit for for a game, I mean... You're going over to Kalamazoo this Saturday to hopefully see a a good game. You've seen two really good ones the last two nights.
1: Yeah, I've had two big boys matchups that had uh, a lot of action, a little bit of intrigue, or maybe I'm reading too much into it. This is what I'm going to tell you. Don't read too much into it, okay, Uh, when we talk about yesterday's games. Right. When when we talk Richmond Crosslegs, don't read too much into it. These are two pretty even teams. And, well, on Wednesday, what I thought might happen kind of happened. Yes. Yes, but but even there, New Haven is dangerous. The second time around, they cannot sleep on them. Well, we'll, they've they've got some players. We'll talk about that.
2: Marysville got their first win. I know they were excited about that one. It was was actually a really good Wednesday because... It'll be a happy, fun times when we're talking about Wednesday in the first segment because a lot of what we wanted to see happen, happened. Yeah. All right, we'll take a
1: break, and we'll get it rolling in just a moment. When you run with us on a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention, the herd takes notice, and the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer.
2: Marysville
1: All right, welcome back, Dennis and uh, Brady, and let's uh, start with uh, Wednesday. No girls scores to report from Wednesday, but there was a lot of action in boys basketball, uh, and some really fun matchups, and some really good games, and some really big wins. Northern was trying to stay unbeaten. Huskies won their first eight games, three and zero in the Mac White. New Haven only one loss. But it was to a Mac White opponent, Gross Point North, who, oh by the way, was undefeated until Wednesday night when they lost to Ike. So just throwing all these numbers hmm. out there and letting you do the math. Started out running gun. New Haven won the first quarter, twenty to fifteen, and they kind of had Northern on the ropes a little bit. You know, it, it's it's like the boxing match. And the favorite came out, and the underdog said, "I've got nothing to lose, so I'm throwing bombs in the first round. I'm going to try to knock you out."
2: Well, anytime you go on the road and play an undefeated team, you usually expect the the road team to come out with a little extra fire under them. That adrenaline's pumping, and you get their best shot right away.
1: Yeah, De- Desmond Gilliland started the game with a three pointer, a basket, and then another three pointer, and it was Gilliland eight. And uh, Northern, two right off the, the bat. But the, the Huskies battled back. And, and it, this is the first time I've seen this this year, Brady, where New Haven had a little bit of a, a lead in this game. And Tyler Jameson said, don't worry, guys, I got this. And for about a three- or four-minute stretch, it was – the TJ show, and he did what needed to be done and scored 14 in the second quarter and Northern 28-12 to 12 in the second. And he, he took over the situation, got them out in front. All of a sudden, New Haven was chasing Northern, and Northern was keeping them at arm's length, and then the younger players got into the rhythm of the game and started to make their contributions. And
2: that's that's why Northern's dangerous. That's what they can do is you have that steady presence that they go, all right, we're, we're going to have to pull out the big guns right now. You guys, once you get your feet wet, get going. And that's, I mean, they were down 20 to 15, and yeah, then they never looked back.
1: Yeah, and, and then this is another game. At halftime, it's 43 to 32 and the second half was a little bit lower scoring because like teams I've seen before playing Northern, the second half they're like, well, we're going to run a little less. We're going to play a little more half court. We might not come back and win the game, but our possessions are going to be quality possessions now. Uh, We don't want to just keep running up and down and trading baskets because when you do that, Tyler Jameson scores 28 points Grabs 28 rebounds, which was, was a school, school record. record.
2: Which he broke by three, by the way. Yeah. Which doesn't sound like a lot, but to break a school record that was set in 1970, by the way, by three rebounds. That's kind of shattering the rebound record, considering it was 25 and for 52 or 53 years now,
1: it was untouched. and he I, co- I, I, So he was one basket and two rebounds shy of a 30-30 game. Again, this is we'll talk
2: about the game because it's a great win for them. But again, I'm re-emphasizing; those are Mr. Basketball numbers, Dennis. How have you ever seen a 25-25 game
1: from a high school kid in this area? Not that I am aware of. Again, I don't keep rebounds. I'm sure but, I've seen 20-20 games, but no, cause, I, I, cause, I know. Jersey
2: McGregor had a 20-20. Yeah, girls' last. Year. I
1: know for sure. I've never seen a 28-28 game. Until the last game on Wednesday. And he had, what, seven assists, two with that? Had, yes, that's the other thing. He had seven assists. And I can think of more than three plays where he set somebody up for a basket that they didn't get. He could have had a 30-30-10 game very easily. And that would have been the most insane triple-double anybody's ever had. Still,
2: a tw- at just 25-25 if we're using that as a baseline. you are not. Those don't see. happen. Those don't happen. And from a guard to okay, like I said to you
1: that I should night say when those we talked, don't happen. But the night he scored fifty nine, he was over twenty rebounds too. Right, not quite twenty five. <laughs> no, not but, quite twenty five.
2: But like okay, if you get an anomaly, you get a six ten kid, and he just is bigger than everyone else, and he's a skilled big. Yeah, I could see a twenty five twenty five. Tyler's a
1: guard. Granted, he's a pretty damn big yeah, guard. He, he's a big but, kid, but he's not center big and a lot of times they play him in the post because they just don't have that guy. And he did
2: this against a top team in the Mac White, which they'd go on to kind of win convincingly.
1: Yeah. 74 55 was the uh the final in this one. And while Tyler had his monster game, um you still Amir morland seventeen points. Alex Jamison, fifteen points, Luke Maher. Ten points. Northern didn't make a three pointer till the fourth quarter.
2: <laughs> they were up by how much at the start of the fourth?
1: Um, they, they went into the fourth leading by fourteen, and they had not made a three, and New Haven had made, let me hear, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. New Haven had made eight, and that's why they were in the ball game. So you're basically you're
2: telling me that Northern hadn't played to their best ability that they had only scored inside the, the arc and from the free throw line, and they
1: were still up 14
2: I, on a New Haven team that came into this game 9-1. and one.
1: I, I, I'm saying that Northern knows they can't be stopped in the paint, and they attack the paint. All got, Tyler leads the way, but Amir drives to the basket with no fear. You got Alex driving to the basket. Now I, I even said it uh, on one play on the baseline. I go, that's what his big brother does. Hmm. Like you, you, you can see the re- the relation there. He just he just scored a big brother basket. Well, and you
2: know why that works? Because guess what? If they want to pack it in and take that away, you have guys like Cam you, Luke Maher that can sit out on the edge, and even the guys we just mentioned that drive to the basket, they can sit out on the edge and. Bang, threes. Yeah. So it's pick your poison. And New Haven, well, they they, they opted and, and to with, take away the three. And,
1: and with and with New Haven, they had to shoot the three because unlike Northern, they couldn't get the ball inside and score in there. You know, so and, – and it's not because they didn't have size. Right. They had bigger kids than Northern did. Um. They just couldn't get – I did like Desmond Gilliland. He had 19 points for them. Uh, Trayvon Jeffrey can play a little bit. He had 12 points. Uh, Keandre Gomez knocked down three threes in the first half, and then they kind of took him away in the second half, and he finished with those nine points. Um, uh, New Haven's good. Northern's better. Yeah. That's
2: what I can surmise
1: from that game. And that's kind of what I thought going
2: into that, that New Haven's, definitely a good team probably one of the top teams in d3 but northern is an elite team I I feel comfortable in saying that would they be the favorite against anyone they played no but is there a team right now that they would go up against and you'd go all right here here's the death warrant sign it you got no chance I don't know if there's that team out there I don't think there is because I think they're proving against quality opponents they're in the Mac white they're four and0 and 0 their young guys play well, like you said. Clockwork. One of the other four starters, not named Tyler Jameson, is going to have between fifteen and twenty, and someone else is going to have between twelve and eighteen. Always happens. It's just roll the dice and see which two come away with it yeah.
1: that night. Yeah, and like I said, this was the first game that I saw, and I'm, I think they had a couple of tighter games when they were in tournaments, where probably Tyler took over. But this was a situation right. like, okay. We're on the thin ice right now, so let me handle this and get everybody to where we're on safe ice, and, and that's what he did. So Porter on Northern's now 4-0 and in the
2: Mac White, and not the way I expected my, well, assuming I can get into Gross Point North, my game tonight to lose a little bit of its luster because Gross Point North lost to
1: Ike back on Wednesday yeah North was three and in league and seven and two overall they beaten Crosslex this year at the buzzer um, and Ike was owned three in league and three and seven Ike is good but Ike was struggling Ike had not played 10 good basketball games right and they went to Gross Point North and beat him by nine 63
2: 54. I saw that score and I'm like, really are you sure you put that in right <laughs> I'm like wow. But, that, I mean, the Mac White, outside of maybe Mott, because they're really struggling, the, the bottom of the White, like you look at Romeo and Ike, are still good enough at any point to jump up and beat a Northern or a, a Gross Point North or a New Haven. It's just not as surprising as you get lower down. That divide usually gets a little bit closer uh, than you get in, like, the Bronze or the Silver, where... The, top, the bottom teams beating the top teams is more of a surprise.
1: All right, how about this big bounce-back win for Port and High? Exactly what
2: I wanted them to do, what they needed to do. They go down to Lakeview, and they shut down an offense that had been scoring kind of a lot, an offense that was averaging over 60 points a game Gets held to 44. Port Huron gets the 55-44 win over Lakeview. Jaden Ashford with 12. Dwayne L. Benjamin had 9. Jackson Rowe with 8. Garrett James with 8. Nate Oriole with 7. Deontay Foy with 6.
1: And I, talk, and I put talk, them all down because I wanted people to, to see that box score and go, there's balance. That's a team effort. There's everybody contributed. That is a team effort, and that's
2: a really strong win on the road to get a double-digit win against the Lakeview team that was probably feeling really good about themselves. If they win this game, oh boy, they're in the driver's seat. They just have to not stumble over themselves. Dennis, we had both seen Lakeview play. We know there's talent on that team. And Port Huron, bouncing back from a tough loss against Madison, maybe in a look-ahead spot, go down there, and they right the wrongs, and they set themselves up down the stretch. That's a heck of a win. Really proud of that port here yeah. on high team and the way they played because that's a game that in years past they don't win and not only did they win i'd have been happy if they came out of there with a ten to nine victory, but they go down there and they kind of flex their muscle a little bit with the with the double digit victory that that's a heck of a win to to improve to three and one in in league play you get them back to 500 again all those goals they set at the beginning of the year they know it's been almost 20 years since they've won a league title they know it's been almost 10 years since they've had a winning record all that's in front of them and that's a win that really puts you on the fast track to accomplishing those well
1: they're setting themselves up for the second half of the season to matter
2: right and we're going to get into that because there are some other results in the silver once we get through all of them going to set up what Well, we're not quite in the back half, the second rotation through, but we're almost there, set up what the Silver's like because that is the most interesting MAC title race I think we have.
1: Yeah, if you're going to end up with a split title, it might happen in that league uh, with more than two teams. Yeah, very good. (laughs) With three, maybe four teams. Because they're all knocking each other
2: off. Because St. Clair... Finally got that big win they needed. Madison came to town. They get a 63-53 win, and they had some really nice performers in this game. Braylon France had a nice game. Trust me, he, he does what he usually does. He had 20.7 rebounds, 6 assists. Hell of an effort, but it was Cooper Penwell, who's kind of been the, the breakout guy this year in the area, 23.16 rebounds. For the big man. And remember, going into the season, he wasn't really slated to start and play. He was going to play a lot, but he wasn't going to get these huge minutes. Since Hunter Richardson's been out, you couldn't ask for a guy to fill a role. You talk about taking an opportunity and running with it. Cooper Peniwell has become... You can add his name to the, the big men in the area that, that play solid. I think he's in that tier now where you can put him up against anyone and trust him. I saw him against PH. I've seen him in other spots. And 23-16, and 16, that's a
1: better night than a lot of bigs will ever have. Yeah, and, and and that's the thing because you make the really good point. Richardson was the number one guy in that position, and Pennawell was the number two guy. And McCartney was the number three guy. Good luck getting the minutes. And Richardson went down. Pennawell slid right into that number one spot and has played like a number one. And McCartney has slid into that number two spot and on some nights, he's played like a number one. Kudos to the Saints because they picked each other up when they lost what we thought was a real key piece for them. Yeah.
2: If you would have told me before the season, all right, two or three games in, you lose Richardson for a month. um, You're going... Who the hell is going to score? I mean, we thought the Franz kid before the season could score. He's been everything we could have hoped for and more.
1: Yeah, but he was but, a freshman, so right. he was an unknown territory. Right.
2: We, we thought he was going to be good, but again, we don't like putting that pressure on a freshman and saying, oh, he's going to be good. You got to show it at the high school level, and he has in spades. But Cooper Penwell was a guy that was not on our radar. We knew Braylon Essian was a nice player, but he's become a go-to player and he didn't have the biggest game uh, tonight or tonight back on Wednesday and that's all right because other guys picked him up and they get a big 63 53 win over Madison that's Madison's first league loss and right now Dennis I know we're only four games into the league season but there are four teams that control their own destiny at least for a share of a league title And St. Clair, with this win, re-enters that fray. And they're trying to heat up at the right time, playing their best basketball. Feels like this is a game where you get the monkey off your back. Because, yeah, they've beaten Marine City, but that was a team you should beat. They beat Algonac, a team they should beat. This is a quality team coming into your place. And they are up 16 at one point in the win. Sounds like they never were really sweating it out in the second yeah. half. And they, they didn't just finish the game. They slammed the door on Madison.
1: If somebody finishes the league schedule with one loss, they had a hell of a season because everybody else is going to have at least two. That that league, the, the, the champ or champs, are probably going to have at least two losses. You could see. I'd have to go through and, and see how it would work, but you could
2: have a three-way tie for the league title. Like, that might be the only MAC league with a two-loss champion. So, uh, we'll talk about Marysville-Marine City in a second, but of the teams in the silver that are competing for a title, let's, let's recap what's happened through the first four games. So, Lakeview, Madison, and Port Huron are all three and one. Lakeview and Madison have not played each other. They play tonight in Madison. So, someone's getting a second loss there. Talk about a big game. Maybe it was a look-ahead spot for Lakeview. Lakeview, as we mentioned, has lost to Port Huron. Port Huron has lost to Madison. So if Madison or if Lakeview beats Madison, it kind of creates that unholy triangle of losses of beating each other. Meanwhile, St. Clair's in the fray at 2-2. Two two. They've beaten Marine City, and they're the only team to beat Madison. They lost to Lakeview, and they lost to Port Huron, but those were both on the road. They get them at home the second time through. When Port Huron comes back the second time through, they have Marine City tonight. So after that game, they get Lakeview at home, they get Madison at home, and then they have to go to St. Clair. St. Clair Obviously, it would have to go to Madison, and Lakeview would get Madison at home after tonight. Because again, this is a big game tonight between yep. Madison and Lakeview. They would they have to go to Port Huron. They'd have to go to St. Clair. They're going to have three tough road games in the middle stretch, and we're going to find out what Lakeview is really made of. So this coming down the stretch, you're right. If someone goes the second time through five and zero, oh, kudos. Tip your cap. You deserve to win the league title.
1: Yeah. The the You'll you'll get no. They fluke their way in for me. No, because that's that's running a, a kind of a gamut. Yeah,
2: and St. Clair's starting to play like we knew we they could. Port Huron has turned the corner and is playing really solid basketball, Dennis. That's one of the biggest wins for for Port Huron, probably since a few years ago when they beat East Point at home in, in an overtime game. I think that was in, like, the 1920 season when they were trying to compete for a league title then. It's been a long time since they've gotten a big win, and it's probably been even longer since they've gone on the road and had a huge win. Yeah. Um,
1: they've been playing really good basketball for over a month now. Yes. Yeah, because it's, it started it, it's, with the Armada game. Yeah. And and that was one where, where we looked at that and, and you know, Probably when that game tipped off, we're thinking, okay, our mate is the favorite, but let's see where the big Reds are in comparison to another area team that we know is pretty strong. And not only were, were they better, but they were kind of convincingly better. that Yeah,
2: day. and that was after a disappointing effort against Genesee Christian, which I wanted just a little more. Yeah. So, all right, Marysville and Marine City aren't winning league titles. I don't think I'm shattering any earth-shattering news with that. No one tell Marysville they have nothing to play for because, Dennis, the one non-negotiable with Marysville is they play hard. Marine City, they don't roll the ball and go, all right, let's get this 36 minutes over with. These two teams want to beat each other. And I was at this marysville Marine City game where someone was getting their first win of the season. And Marysville, put it bluntly, went on the road, played their best game of the year, had a good game plan, and really kept Marine City at bay all game. A team that hadn't scored more than 45 all year scores 68 and a team that had gone in, it hadn't scored in the paint, hadn't gotten to the free throw line, scored inside the arc, got easy buckets inside, shot I or they made, I believe it was 17 free throws in this game. I don't know if there's a game where they've shot 17 yeah, free I was throws. Say. And they get a 68-45 win over a rival. Cole Horan with 24. This is something we knew this young man was capable of. Just He's struggled against better competition because as a team, they can focus in on him a little more. But he was very solid. Jake Dysinger had 14. Zach Wright had a very nice game with 9. R.J. Clark had 7 and it was contributions up and down the Marysville bench. Everyone but two players that played scored for Marysville, and it was a team effort. They broke Marine City's pressure really well. They passed confidently, and they played like a team that knew they could win, and a 23-point win. I'll be honest, I didn't expect Marysville to win by 23, and I definitely didn't expect them to almost hit 70.
1: Yeah, uh, and you could probably count on one hand the number of times the Vikings have had two guys get double digits in the same game this year. Yeah, and Cole Horan, he
2: looked like a dude, and other guys filled in when they needed to. Everyone filled their role. RJ Clark was getting to the line, getting guys in foul trouble. Jake Dysinger was finding the open spot. Then he started to hit a couple threes near the end. A lot of their guards very calmly brought the ball up the court. They didn't crack under pressure. I don't know if it's because they were playing a Marine City team that the record, they knew they had a good chance to win and they weren't playing scared. But Marysville wasn't playing scared against Marine City. They were on a, in attack mode all game. And they, they outdid their best scoring performance by the end of the third quarter. Like I said, they hadn't scored 45 in a game. They scored 50 at the end of the third. They scored 21 in the third quarter. They scored 18 in the first and fourth quarters. That was a heck of a win for Marysville. And every time you kind of felt, all right, when's the other shoe going to drop? One's Marine City making the run
1: one's Marine City making the run never did Marysville kept them at bay, yeah when you're talking about those numbers, I'm thinking about the first six quarters I saw this team play this year, yeah, they scored thirteen points in six quarters, granted that was against cross Lex and against Lake Lakeview. Lakeview, so two really solid teams, but they really where they started playing better was the second half of the Lakeview game and Again, I guess if I can say anything for Marysville is,
2: I don't know if it was conscious, subconscious, whatever, but they just played with a different type of attitude where they weren't hesitant, they were confident in what they're doing, they weren't afraid to mess up, or they they knew, all right, this is what Marine City's going to do, this is how we have to attack. And defensively, no one from Marine City scored more than eight points. And there were guys I was worried about. Liam Adams, I thought could have a big game against Marysville. Josh VandeViver had eight points. He's a guy I thought could potentially sink Marysville. And they held all these players in check and no one really got anything going for Marine City. And I just want to give a lot of credit to Marysville. Hey, it's you're 0-10. Pretty easy to pack it in at that point yeah. because it's I mean you're not you're not a very good team record wise you're not a team that everyone's like "Ooh, go out and watch but the one non-negotiable with Marysville with and you can even say this in the Croslex and Lakeview game they always play hard they always give the effort and there's something to be commended for that when you're an 0-10 team and you're playing as hard as you were in the first game as you are after losing 10 straight yeah
1: absolutely uh I just want to kudos to another team that had a really bad year last year, and it's basically the same team this year, and they're much better. Anchor Bay beat Frazier on Wednesday, 56-42, to 42, and, and the Tigers have played pretty good basketball this season. What's going on at Cardinal Mooney after a 5-1 and one start? Mooney's just a 500-basketball team now. Everest beats them fifty-one forty-one on Wednesday, and it's not the same way last year we
2: saw where they were giving up seventy points a game in in their losses. Uh, they only score forty-one points again. All right, throw the Loyola game out. They're on a three-game losing streak. Yeah, mm. they're not. They they could make a, a an all-star team of the rest of the teams in that division, and I don't know if they beat Loyola, but in their losses, forty-three to Gross Point Liggett. 46 to the Lutheran North. 51 to Everest. That's not really their style. like In their wins this year, 66, 67. They had 41 against St. Clair. That was a weird low-scoring game. But 61 and 52. And the 52, they needed a prayer at the buzzer to win. When they're cooking, they're scoring in the, the, the high 50s to 60s. They haven't hit More than 51 points since the win against Clintondale. I don't know what it is offensively because, hey, some of those games, they didn't have Brian Everhart, and they still scored that. Hopefully he's back sooner than later. I know it's not as bad as they thought it might be, which is good to see. But somehow they need to get that offensive mojo back because when they're going – Mooney's an offensive team that runs up and down the floor and will win a track meet with you.
1: Yeah, they they have had – and I know they're not looking for excuses and they're not going to take any excuses, but they have had some injuries and they've had, like, a lot of kids sick. I I was there the one night and, you know, kids were trying to play but they really weren't feeling good and you could see that they they weren't playing the way they normally play. So, hopefully they – they get it back on track against Hackett because they need to in a big way. All right. Uh, the only other score from Wednesday, Sandusky beats uh, Ubley up in the thumb, 47-33. to uh, 33. And there was a hockey game on Wednesday. And uh, so this is a nice win. This is a quality win because I've seen St. Clair Shores Unified. They got a couple kids that I really like. Uh, they got a defense, two defensemen, Klein and Brown, that I think are players, Uh, and Marysville doubled them up, a 4-2 win for the Vikings at McMorrin on Wednesday. That's a nice win. Yes, it is. They're playing solid hockey right now. All right, take a break, and then we'll look at what happened last night around the uh, area. A lot of girls' games, but there were some big boys' matchups, and we'll talk about the biggest when we come back.
3: 800- 250-7520. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools.
0: If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports.
1: All right, you're back with uh, Dennis and uh, Brady. Um, Boys basketball last night. Uh, It it was round one of a matchup that we've been anticipating since the preseason. Let's be honest about it. Yeah. We we thought these were the two teams to beat in the BWAC. Let's see how they stack up against each other. Round one goes to Richmond at home. They beat Crosslex last night, 53-44. They scored the first basket of the game, Brady, and they never trailed. Crosslex got it to within one. Twice in the third quarter, the second time they did it, Richmond knocked down three straight three-pointers on three straight trips without giving up any points. They got a three, they got a stop, they got a three, they got a stop, they got a three. Went up by 10. Their biggest lead of the night was 14. Crosley's got it back to 10 going into the fourth at one point. Middle of the fourth, they got it down to five, and Richmond said, nope. Every time Crosslex made a run, Richmond had an answer, and the unsung hero was Kyle Bartolomucci, who made three threes and scored 11 points coming off the bench. His first three had absolutely no business going into the basket, but sometimes... When you win, it's because you played good, but also because you got some breaks. Well, they got a little luck on that shot, and later in the game, Crosslex had some good looks that went halfway down and came back out. So there was a little of that. Well, so you create your own luck. Yeah, you you, you do. And, and I don't want to take. last night, Richmond was a little bit better than Crosslex, and they deserved to to win the basketball game but um, and and I uh, and I know that um, Lance Campbell's probably frustrated with his team. I think he's also, if you ask him, he'd be frustrated with the officiating. Uh, which um, I, I'm not going to say it was bad. I'm going to say it wasn't consistent. First half was real tight both ways. The second half was as 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 physical as the first half, but not called as tightly, and certainly not called as tightly against Richmond, who didn't pick up a foul in the second half until there was 41 seconds left in the game. That's a long time to go yeah. without fouling. Yeah. And there were fouls both ways. Right. Like, it it, it was physical. Um, but, man, Richmond's got some dudes.
2: Carl Stevens just seems like you can just write double-double on a stat line in some way, shape, or form every night. He is just consistently that guy for, for Richmond, he's he's that steady presence where you know what you're going to get. And then Daquan Haskins, see, he had 12 in, in the win, but you know
1: there's nights if he gets going, he can go for 20-25. But, but you know where he was clutch? At the free throw line, down the stretch. Crosslex is trying to get back into the game. They've got a foul. Richmond made sure that Haskins had the ball in his hands. And... He went to the line four for four uh, in in the closing minute, and not one single free throw touched anything. Right through the middle, right through the middle, right through the middle, right through the middle. That's in pressure situations for a kid to just go up and like, I got this. I got this. It's not even going to touch the rim four straight times. That's, you know. That's showing me something. Like I say, there's a lot of guys on that team that I go, okay, this guy can score 11. Right. Bart Lamucci's not the name jumping off my tongue. And that's, that's
2: how you get that, the upset. Well, I guess people in Richmond are saying that's not an upset, but that's how you knock off the, the, the kings of the BWAC as you do that. But I want to emphasize the defense. You know it's hard to hold CrossLex to 44 points. It really is. The last time they were held to 44 or less was the SC4 showcase last year when they won 42-36 over Stony Creek. And if I remember correctly, Stony Creek tried to slow that game down and really limit the possessions. So it's Richmond's defense that helped as well to, to, to knock off Croslax. Remember, we talked about it on our last show. Croslax had beaten BWAC opponents 50 straight times. Yeah. Yeah. 50 straight times it was back in the 1819 season was the last time they lost. Think about that. The 1819 season. So they went 1920, 2021, 20, 21, 22 and now part of 2223. So if you were in school at all during that 1819 season, you're you're not at Crosslex anymore. No one in that high school knows what it's like to lose a to a B whack opponent.
1: No, oh, and uh, and nobody but Richmond Knows what it's like to beat crosslex Right. Yeah, because the streaks started after a loss to Richmond,
2: and it ended with a loss to Richmond.
1: You know, and that was the thing. Zach Kretsch had 13. That's a respectable night. He did most of it in the second half. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Trey Kalakovich had 11, but it was a really quiet 11. Brady, like, Trey didn't play awful, but Trey didn't play like Trey. Right, you know it's uh, on most nights. Uh, that's that's a really respectable game, but but on, on a, in a game against Richmond, I, I didn't think that's what that's not what I was expecting from like uh, in all phases of the game. Like I just wasn't saying there's Kalakovich in a guy's face, Be, and and part of that is Richmond. Right. Richmond has guys like it's hard to pressure Richmond because they have guys that can handle it.
2: Yes, they do. They really do, and congrats to Richmond. Hey, you're now in the driver's seat of the BWAC, but if you really want to slay the beast, you really want to cement yourself on top, stay the course, don't trip up a game you shouldn't, and then you have to go up there and beat them again. You go up to Croslex and beat the Pioneers in Croswell, you can kind of say their reign's over. Their reign of terror is over the BWAC, (laughs) And you know Cross-Lex, they're licking their wounds right now. but I'm sure they've already circled that date in February when Richmond comes to town. They'll
1: be ready for it. But but what you said about Richmond applies to cross Lex too. Now you're in a position you can't trip up. Right. Uh, the teams you're supposed to beat, you've got to go out and beat, and you can't have that lapse game. You can't have that, that game that slips away that almost happened in Armada, but you got through it. Right, you know, you you can't have that. Richmond can't have a Yale game like they did last no. year and now Cross Lex that they have this loss. They got to win. Well, and how how does Cross Lex respond
2: to this? How does a group of kids that have never had to deal with this before deal with it? Cuz okay, yeah, they had two losses. They lost on a prayer at Gross Point North. All right, whatever. Kid hit kid threw up a circus shot, it goes in. Tip your cap, you got us. You lose to what might be the best Northern team of all time by four. All right, tip your cap. That's one of the top ten teams in D1. But now you lose to your rival in conference play where it really matters. They haven't had to deal with this before. What's the attitude going to be like coming back? Are they going to feel sorry for themselves? Are they going to kind of sulk on this? Or are they getting back? Are they going to... Use this as motivation and refocus, and try to run the table in the BWAC because you got you basically have to run the table
1: if you want a share of the BWAC title. Well, and here's the other thing: does does this win, like, start making us go, okay? How good is Richmond? Is Richmond quarterfinal good? I think. Like, it, I haven't looked at what their path would be. But, I mean, at what point do we start going, hey, you know, Richmond, we should be thinking about them winning districts and winning regionals and maybe well, I get think they're far and final. away the favorite in their district. But, yeah, I think
2: this is a win that this, and you couple it with the win at Notre Dame Prep. Remember, they mm-hmm. went down to Notre Dame Prep and got a big win. I think you can start talking about, all right, what can this Richmond team do? As they beat Croslex at home, now you go to Croslex, get another win. You're talking sky's the limit. They lost their one game to Berkeley. All right, whatever, it happens. But because you, you followed it up with this, no one remembers that that game happened
1: <laughs> earlier this week, do they? No, no, yeah. So uh, two other uh, games in the uh, the Bwac. Uh, Elmont beats Elginax sixty three to fifty nine, and probably. When that bu- final buzzer sounded, Almont was like, whew, right. Because, you know, that's a real competitive game from Algonac. And Imlay City beat North Branch 61-35. to So the Spartans took care of business in a game that they were expected to take care of business. But how about the Muskrats giving Almont a fight?
2: Yeah. That's that's something they haven't really done before.
1: No, they haven't been in many games this year. So uh, that- Other than Memphis, who I think they've beaten Memphis. Twice? Uh, Yeah, I think they split or maybe they beat Memphis twice.
2: But, yeah, they they had a really good look at it. So, you mentioned the Richmond path or even the Cross-Lex path. This is how it will work out. So, Richmond hosts the district. The regional is in familiar territory. It's in MLA City. That's good news for them. That's a gym they're comfortable playing in. So Richmond is in a district. They share a district with Algonac, Armada, Marine City, Marysville, St. Clair. Richmond's the favorite. I know St. Clair's in there. They're a good team. Armada's in there. They haven't played Richmond yet. But until they knock off Richmond, Richmond's going to be the favorite. Now, am I writing in stone that Richmond's winning the district? No. No, because there are two dangerous teams there. And it's also in Richmond. They match up with the winner of District 62. And they're going to get a tough team out of there. Durand, Flint Powers, Goodrich, Lake Fenton, Ortonville-Brandon okay. is the district they'd match up with in the regional.
1: So they'll earn it. If they get beyond the regional, they'll have earned it. Right,
2: because let me finish. Here's So Cross-Lex's district, which is at North Branch, plays District 61. North, the, the district at North Branch. Elmont, Crosslex, Emily City, North Branch, Yale. So a BWAC team's getting out of there. Croslex is the favorite until they're not. But here's District 61, and here's where probably the favorite's coming out of. This is at Notre Dame Prep. You have Notre Dame Prep, Cranbrook, Lutheran North, Lampfear, and Country Day. That's going to be the boogeyman yeah. that they're looking at. I mean, well, actually, wow. We give too much credit.
1: Country Day's one in seven. It's just the brand. The brand Wait, will get well, you every time. Yeah. All right. You know who scares you, know you in there is the Fighting Bradys of Lutheran
2: North. <laughs> they always seem to win. Hand <laughs> up. My bad for not doing research. I looked at Country Day and assumed they're good. They're one in seven. They lost to Lutheran North by 24. All right, I'm not scared of Country Day anymore. I guess it would be a possible. I'm scared of Lutheran North. They keep telling you I that mean, Notre Dame Prep six and six. They're not as good as they were last year. I mean, they Richmond went down there and beat them already. I know you'd have to play them again. Uh, Lamp fear, I'm not worried about Lutheran North. Is five and two. You might be right. It might be Lutheran North, but Richmond's already beat Lutheran North by 17. So, can I go back to Goodrich or Flint Powers is the team to worry about? Maybe Crosslex, Goodrich, maybe Cross-Lex is the team to worry about. Goodrich is 8-0. Oh. So, if you, before you would even get to Crosslex, you're probably going to have to beat Goodrich, a team that beat Notre Dame Prep down there by tw- by uh, 15 points. They beat Ortonville-Brandon by 8. They seem like a, another really solid Goodrich team. So... Just a little bit of looking way too far ahead to see what it is. But Goodrich could be there. Flint Powers is 8-2. and two. There's a lot of good teams that Richmond would have to match up with. But right now, Dennis, I'm just going to say Richmond's a good team.
1: I'm not worried about them. Yeah. I know they'll be good. There was a lot of girls basketball last night. We'll, we'll get into that uh, out of the uh, break in our third uh, segment. Because uh, it was a big win, I think for the PH uh, ladies last night. Again, we'll talk about that in just a moment. Marysville.
2: I also know they care about my well-being each and every day. Port Huron Schools have prepared me for anything I choose to do with my future.
3: Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools.
1: Kaywood Auto has been serving the Blue Water area for over 100 years.
0: Hello, this is Tim Sheridan, owner of Sheridan Real Estate and Insurance in Lexington. A family tradition that started back in 1925 with Grandpa Sheridan. Promoting trust, care, and excellence, Sheridan is dedicated to understanding and taking care of all your needs. Respected throughout the community and dedicated, Sheridan is a proud supporter of local activities like high school athletics. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports.
1: Welcome back. Dennis and Brady, Tri-County Equipment, Get Stuck On Sports uh, podcast Portier and High needed a, a win. The girls' basketball team needed a win, um, and they they slugged out in Lady Big Red fashion a 32-25 win over Grosse Pointe uh, South last night. And I, I just feel, you know, in, in hockey, we call it a two-pointer. They needed a two-pointer, and they got a two-pointer. Yeah, and
2: they did what they needed to do. Obviously, they're not turning the ball over like they had, if that's the issue with, uh, only giving up 25 points. They bounce back again after a loss from Mike, and they beat a gross point south team. They should beat, and they did so, uh, I don't want to say convincingly, but when you, when you only give up 25, a seven-point win feels like a 15-point win if you scored 60.
1: Well, that's the, but the, like that's their style. That's when we know the Big Reds are playing the way they play, is when you see scores like that.
2: Yeah, and they get their second win in league. They desperately needed that, and... Good, good for them to get back on the winning track because uh, th- they needed to. They're back to 500 again with a very tough schedule. But That was a game they should have won, and they get the win on the road, mind you, for Port here on high. Nice win for the Lady Big Reds over Gross Point South. Now Northern didn't get the win over Anchor Bay. They dropped a 51-45 decision. But I think this Northern team's kind of turned a corner in terms of quality of play. Yeah, they lost, but they're being really competitive with a solid Anchor Bay team. I I honestly, you know, the way they had been playing uh, to lose by six, I think this is still a positive step. They played with Ford for a half. They couldn't quite finish it. They had a barn burner here with Anchor Bay. They scored 45 points, couldn't quite finish it, but... I think they're taking the next step. Now, it's starting to flip and win some of these games.
1: Yeah. Well, and again, to be competitive, because keep in mind, four is starting to run away with the white. Anchor Bay's probably the only team that had any kind of chance to catch them. So, it was a must-win game for the Tars. Yeah. And Northern gave them a fit. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think Northern's uh, headed in the, the right direction, maybe not getting the results. But, again, we kind of forget that – their star player is a freshman, and everybody else basically are sophomores. Right. Well, last night for Marysville, believe it or not, they
2: clinched a share of the Mac Blue officially because Southlake beat Cusino. So everyone else has three losses, and Marysville cannot end up with more than three losses. So they are Mac Blue champions yeah. with three games to go. I don't it didn't know. come easy, though. No, they had to grind out a 43-35 win over Lance Cruz. But still, Marysville, our first Mac Blue champions of the year. Yeah, Yeah, good job.
1: You've got three league games left, and you've already got a title. And if you just win one, just win one more league game, you're undisputed champs of your league. And they have to
2: play Stevenson and Chip Valley, I believe, the next two. They're going to beat those two teams. Yes, they are. So they're going to go from the Mac gold, winning back-to-back titles, Go up to the blue and have a chance to run the table after losing so many seniors. They had to replace so much. What do they do? Reload, attack, and win another league title. It's it seems like Ryan Rathjee right now just produces league titles in anything he in any league he plays in.
1: And and uh and let's because he'd be the first to say let's give the ladies some credit oh Uh, he's got a good group of girls that play basketball and softball for him and
2: you talk about (laughs) you talk about a group that had players that step up coming into this year we're like all right we know Avery Wolters is good but she's even taken another step forward we knew Kara Miller was good and we went who else is there, and you have players like Megan Winston taking another step, Ava Grant taking another step, Addie Minesburg taking another step among other players on that team that had to fill bigger shoes. It wasn't yeah, yeah, um it wasn't okay, sophomore year, you play a little junior year, you're a rotational player senior year, you're a starter. It went from okay Ava grant, you'll play a few minutes, but there's a lot of really talented seniors too. All right, you're one of our go- people we count on to score.
1: Uh, and there, there are other, there are other people that we don't talk about as much because they don't score a lot, but they're on the court a lot, and they they all play defense. But Fraley is in the mm-hmm. is, is in the starting five and gives them quality minutes when she's on the the floor. Never hurts you. Uh, Ryan Quain and Kendall Quain have played a lot of big minutes. Um, Ryan can score a little bit. Um, and, and actually, I don't know about last night, but but Kendall didn't play uh, the game before. She was out. So they haven't, and there was a game earlier this year where, where Megan Winston didn't play. So they haven't always had everybody every time they've played. But since game three, they've only suffered one loss. They're 11-3 and three now. They started 1-2. and two. Yeah, they're eleven and three. That's what I was
2: gonna say. They started one and two. They're undefeated in league play. They're league champs. I'll put my hand up. I wasn't like gonna start calling Mayday and put it at DEFCON one. I was slightly concerned, is how I'd put it. You started one and two. You lost to Saint Clair. You got beat pretty bad on the road against North Branch. And at that time, they kind of it felt like they kind of went all right. Where's Where's Caitlin Kane? Where are all these other seniors? Where's Ann Where's Maddie Smith that we can give them the ball? We need a bucket. Oh, wait, they're not here. And now they've, they've figured it out. And I like that they had to win a uh, not, not a blowout game on the road for Marysville. Congratulations to them, our first MAC champion of the season. And it's not February.
1: Yeah. Uh, now I'm, I'm going to, to put this together, and I'm going to go East China 107, the other guy's 17. Yeah, St. Clair <laughs> beats Klaus in
2: 62-10. to 10. Aaron Saros has 17. Audrey Schindler has 15. Bunch of other girls scored. And, I mean, yeah, we, we expected this way to take care of business. Got a lot of girls to play. And they're setting up that rematch with Marine City. And tell you what, that's what they're laser-focused on yep. is getting another crack at the Mariners in their barn because Marine City scored three t- scored excuse me six touchdowns and kicked a field goal for a 45-7 win over Lakeshore. I know Lakeshore is not very good. Well, Lakeshore
1: usually runs the ball pretty good. <laughs> yeah. They did give up a late
2: touchdown 45 to 7 in a basketball. And game. yeah, Marine City they they're giving up 24 points of game that is best in the MAC. They're a defensive team. Yeah, they might put up some offensive numbers once in a while, but the identity of Marine City is their defense, and they're seven and zero in league. They're ten and two overall. They have a really nice chance to win a league title. By the way, their two losses: Marysville, eleven and three; Mac Blue Champs, Warren Fitzgerald, fourteen and 7 and zero in league. Mac Silver Champs. Yeah. Not, I'm not saying you want to lose. But if there's two teams to lose to the the champions there's no of the shame league, in losing l- the league above and below you yeah that that those aren't bad losses and marine city wants another shot at at marysville in the district you know they do
1: yeah on the D'Amato meter it's now 801 wins uh sandusky beats Marlette 38-27 uh, the they're kind of rolling right now uh and uh, Morgan Taggy had uh, 18 points um and and they had uh again a lot of contributions from a lot of uh people and it just adds up to another uh, Lady Wolves uh, win Memphis beat K-Pac 32 to 16 a lot of football scores on a basketball night how about Ugly 20 Brown City 16
2: yeah couldn't get that uh Last touchdown. <laughs> Couldn't, shouldn't have
1: missed the extra point earlier in the game. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and Kingston beat uh, Peck last night 71-17. Uh, one other max score, New Haven over Lincoln 25-21. And that's all the girls' basketball from last night. I did also want to mention, too, Anchor Bay Hockey beats Lance Cruz Unified 5-2 to last night. Now, tonight, Brady, you've got another the, – the the latest in the big games – Reporting here on Northern.
2: Yeah, they go to Gross Point North again. If, if I'm not there, it's because I called and they told me they I couldn't come. But I have no I have no problems. I think I'll be able to get there a okay. But Northern wins this game that put them at five and zero, a perfect first time through the league. Everyone else would have two losses. Now in the Mac White, is it possible that Northern loses two games the next time through? Yes, it's possible they lose three. Not unless something catastrophic happens. I'm not saying they can win a league title tonight, but they can really put some separation and put some pressure on as they go the second time through where they'd only have to win, what, three of their final five games to guarantee at least a share of a league title. This is a big one. A Gross Point North team that has shown they're fallible, losing to Ike at home. Get to go on the road. Get to have a chance to go to ten and zero. Big spot for Port here on Northern, uh,
1: and and I think I think they'll respond. Um, I just you know I, I've kind of caught the the fever right now of this basketball team. they they're so much fun to watch, uh, and I know you're going to enjoy it again uh, tonight. Uh, no game for me tonight because uh, I'm traveling to Kalamazoo. Um, and we're going to do the Mooney game from Kalamazoo Hackett Catholic on Saturday afternoon. It'll be a 3.30 tip, uh, and if somebody needs luck, it's Mooney, so I hope I can bring it to them. All right, and then we'll be back Monday. We will be back Monday with uh, another edition of the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports podcast.
0: From Port Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water Area is Stuck on Sports.